Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Simon had some interesting announcements uh, on the last episode. Uh, I was not here with Simon at the time that he announced it, but of course I knew what he was going to say, and um, and we've talked about it already. He is out on Ryan Tannehill. That is the news of the week, and uh, he's done. He's done with Ryan, although he's keeping his receipt in case he wants to return it. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, I think that means that it's officially – draft season for us uh simon <laughs> well, i mean it's always draft season for us chris but yeah. well, well it's it's quarterback season i i think yeah. i sense that the listeners want to hear some stuff about quarterbacks this week especially since a lot of, of them are keeping you on on burning their jer- jerseys. dolphin exactly. fans haven't freaked out enough and now we're going to talk about quarterback prospects just go with it Alf. yeah i mean the interesting the interesting thing for us of course is that Actually, you know, whilst there are prospects that we'll talk about in a moment for next year, it's actually really the year after and the year after that. If you look at guys like Tua Tungavailoa, mm-hmm. Jake Fromm, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, uh, the kid at USC, the kid at Wake Forest, there's all sorts of, you know, incredible college quarterback talent coming down the pipe. By the way, you can't get another good one for three years. I'm always, I'm all about the bull slap. Um, and the, <laughs> listen, and here's here's a double ball slap for you, Dolphins fans. <laughs> potentially, potentially, in 34 years of following this game, the best college quarterback I've ever seen plays at Alabama currently. But Miami are just about good enough not to be in with a chance of getting hold of him. So there you go. There's more good news for you because we're a decent enough team not to be ending up with the first overall pick next year or the year after. So there you go. Suck on those babies. While we're at it, but Chris, no doubles. Chris, some guys next year that we like, aren't there? I mean, there really are some good. You know, there really are two or three. There's a couple yeah. of guys we really like. There's a couple of guys Alf really likes. There's some talent at the quarterback position. And it's not like it is. You know, there's no Donald. You know, in terms of that 
excitement. There's no Donald. There's none of those guys. But there's a few guys that we like on it. To, to talk the, to the tell, tell the guys who you like, and we'll go through kind of round by round. Sure. Sure. The um, the problem is they're mostly all juniors um, yeah. because. Uh, I think we've we've so somewhat agreed, although Alf has has his own you know binky among the senior class. But um, I think we mostly agree that the senior class is just is just not good. Uh, they usually yeah. aren't that great, to be honest. Uh, the the really yeah. good ones kind of come out early anyway, and so what you're left the senior class has a picked over look to it often. Um, this this year is not really an an exception. I mean, what I see in the senior class, and this is I'll I'll get to the negative before I get to the some of the positives. But um, you know what I see in the the senior class is Ryan Finley or Ryan Finley of North Carolina State. Um, you know, fairly good player, but uh, not particularly big, not particularly strong arm. Doesn't throw a good deep ball. Doesn't uh, doesn't scramble particularly well. Um, it feels like a reach for middleness on him uh, instead of greatness. Um, and then there's Drew Locke of Missouri, who is the guy that Alf likes. And maybe maybe we'll get into it a little bit about uh, with him. But to me, he's like empty scaffolding. I mean, I just don't. I you know, there there are pieces there. There's not really a great quarterback. Clayton Thorson of Northwestern uh, to say that he's inconsistent would be like, you know, saying that <laughs> Abraham Lincoln walked out of the play with a mild headache. Um, I think that, uh, but he has a great know, name. He does have a great, very good, very good name for a quarterback. <laughs> he sounds like a character in a, in a kind of a James Elroy novel, Clayton Thorson. <laughs> sounds like one of those kind of, you know, you could imagine, you could, you could imagine him being somebody that was involved in the assassination of JFK in, in American tabloids. <laughs> he also sounds like a very evil uh, financier. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in the Wolf of Wall Street, he was, yes. uh, he, he, he was Leonardo DiCaprio's sort of secondhand right-hand man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was definitely a character in uh, Oliver Stone's JFK. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, getting on to these terrible quarterbacks. Will Greer of West Virginia is only six foot one, but he's you know got a good weight to him. Um, he can he can run. He played at Florida uh, from a very young age uh, and won at Florida. Did a good job, but got kicked out. There are uh, PEDs in his uh, in his history. There's mm -hmm. the history of some bad decision making, perhaps some attitude issues, um, a little bit of a checkered past. Uh, it's hard to trust him on the field. He makes bad decisions to me a lot, um, but he is producing. I mean, he's got this ultra production. Some people are trying to liken him to Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure I see that. Uh, Penn State Trace McSorley is you know he's going to have to move positions. I just don't like him at all. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's a he's a he's a great he's a great college quarterback and people will talk right. about you know what yeah. how come college quarterbacks don't always become great and if you know history is littered with phenomenal college quarterbacks who have no pro potential but, but just do the job at college because of the way the system works and because you know you're not always up against NFL talent week in week out mm. McSorley is a great college quarterback and it goes you know you, you can pick across history this the Gordy Lockbombs the Charlie Wards so those kind of guys that mm -hmm. are phenomenal college players who don't Gino Toretta's all those sorts of guys McSorley is definitely that and I kind of feel like he might end up being a Taysom Hill kind kind of character the, the kid that plays for for the Saints you know a kind of special team maybe and a bit of a you know you keep him around because he could be a third string quarterback and can run some trick plays like 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 Taysom Hill does, but I certainly don't see him as an NFL starting quarterback, but he's an interesting character who might end up in one of those sort of diversified roles.
Cheers. I used to like Taysom Hill back in the, you know, way back yeah. in the day. I pulled, up, I pulled up some tweets, uh, you know, from back in, what was it, 2013 or something like that, mm. um, talking about Taysom, Taysom Hill. But ju- just because, you know, he was, he was so big and strong and mm. he ran like so phys- – I mean, he ran like Tim Tebow. Uh, that's, what he, that's what he played like back in college. I mean, McSorley does the same, though, doesn't he? McSorley will run you over. I mean, you watch that Ohio State game, he's taking on – you know, he's yeah. taking on guys twice yeah, his side and running them over. He's he's not uh, absolutely. But he is which makes you wonder whether. Oh, two oh one. Yeah, or absolutely, absolutely. Harold um, and and I know that Do, there's a couple of guys. Brett, Brett Rippon at Boise State is an interesting interesting quarterback. You know, ball comes out of his hand very quickly. I think he's been impressive this season. He's very mechanical. You know, Alf, Alf loves a mechanical quarterback. I think he's a mechanical, uh, you know, really good, you know, clean mechanics. I think uh, you know he's. Uh, it snaps the ball, ball out of his hand quickly. I think he can scramble to extend plays. I think you you watch him play for Boise. He's got good he's got good mobility. I think the ball, like I said, the ball comes out of his hand hand quickly. And he, he's accurate. I think mm. he locks onto. I think he locks onto his kind of first read a little bit too often. Um, and I don't think he's got a massive arm. And, and I worry about him when he gets under pressure. But I don't think he's a he's a bad. He's a bad quarterback. A guy I've seen a little bit of, but would like to see a bit more of, and we don't get that many, many North Dakota State games up here, is a guy called Easton Stick. I don't know if you've seen him, Chris. He's a very yeah. interesting character. Um, uh, he kind of bears watching. I'm not sure I'm not sure if he's going to, you know, develop into the to an NFL starter, but he, he's somebody that I'm, you know, intrigued by. I think for me and for you and probably for Alf as well, the, the most interesting guys are the junior guys. And you look, you start Red Red sophomore, Dwayne Haskins, and Justin Herbert, for me, they're, they're the two guys that kind of stand out, I think. And, and yeah. they stand out for a specific reason in that they are incredibly accurate and they yep. throw incredibly catchable balls. So, you, I mean, strong you know, I, I, yeah, I think you throw on the, yeah, I think you can throw on the, the Haskins tape, for example, against TCU. You mm. throw on the Justin Herbert tape against Stanford and you will see play after play, throw after throw of NFL characteristics. And we're talking about proper NFL throws you know, right. down the field in tight windows, accurate to the place in which only their receiver can catch them. I know you, you probably have, you Chris have Haskins probably number one. I, I have Herbert number one, but Haskins too and vice versa. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, and it is close. I'm not, I'm not sure how Alf has them, but you know, these are guys who will throw just unerringly accurate passes and that's really yes. what you're looking for that you know the ball comes off their hands quickly herbert's a bit more a little bit more mobile a lot more mobile actually than than um than uh haskins yeah, which is a surprise i want to know what you think of this about herbert though i because mm. i see a little bit uh, it reminds me and and you guys know that i wasn't i wasn't as high on him as everybody else was because of you know the risk perspective on it but carson yeah. wentz now first time i First time I really watched him and all the subsequent times I watched him, uh, he just looked like such a man playing, you know, playing mm. with with children out there. Or, you know, he was just this mm-hmm. big, tall, like the levers on him were really good. And, and the way that he threw the ball, the way he had complete, full control of the football looked good. I mean, he made some poor decisions at times, and I think Justin mm. Herbert does as well. Um but he could also run, and you know the the bare bones were were certainly there. Except Justin Herbert's not in the FCS level with mm-hmm. only what like a dozen games under his belt or something like that, like Carson Wentz was. Justin Herbert has a lot of experience, and he's playing at Oregon, and um, and I I do see a lot of Carson Wentz in him. Well, let's talk let's talk a little bit about Drew Locke because mm-hmm. we're glossing Back over. Yeah, we're we're glossing over that. 
He's probably last of the of the first round of the first round quarterbacks this coming year. He's playing Alabama in the first round. You don't think so? I think he goes late no. in the first round. Yeah, I don't see it. I've got to say. Okay, I don't know what. Where do you, you stand, go, Chris? On it? You go ahead, Alf, and tell me. Tell tell us. Tell tell everybody what you really like about him, and um and not to pick pick on anybody, but and then I'll go ahead and tell you what I really hate about him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, first of all, he does have that accuracy issue. But if you watch those games, Missouri is absolutely terrible. Career under sixty percent kind of guy. Yeah, he's yeah. one of those guys. Okay. Now, if you watch Missouri play. First of all, it's a god-awful team. But second of all, I don't have any stats on this, but every game there's at least two, maybe three wow throws that are completely dropped. Mm-hmm. And if he just had better talent around him, I think he'd be higher up in the quarterback conversation. Now, he plays Alabama on Saturday. Is there anything that he can do against Alabama that will change your mind? Beat them. <laughs> really? Does he have to beat them? Because I, yeah, I, I, so. I, I was telling I, I was telling Chris, what if he loses fifty-eight to thirty-one, but he puts up the thirty-one points, throws for three hundred and fifty yards, and turns it over maybe once? Like, doesn't that like you know get the I light bulb think, on? I, I I just don't think you can judge him on one game. I, mean, I watched the Georgia game and was monumentally unimpressed with him because mm-hmm. I you know and, and I wanted to see him against the best competition and I wanted to see him against DeAndre Baker, the the Georgia corner. And he just played down to the to the level of of what Missouri where he didn't raise or elevate the Tigers at all. I wasn't impressed with what he brought to the table. He wasn't he didn't provide the X factor that you'd expect somebody of his reputation in inverted commas to bring. I saw a guy who, you know, was I mean, spotty it, you know, is he was spotty like a whatever a leopard? You know, there were so many spots on him in terms of one minute he's consistent, the next minute he's throwing all over the place. There was an interception in the second quarter where he was probably about six or seven yards away from the receiver, and he threw it like John Elway used to throw those kind of drill passes, and it was deflected up in the air and picked off. And you just thought, just take something off it. Sometimes yeah, his long ball, his, his deep ball. His deep ball is a, it can be an adventure at times. And you just think, where's that going? It's all over the place, especially. And what's interesting is you watch him throw the ball down the sideline. His sideline routes are terrible. He overthrows them or he throws them out of bounds. And you just think, this can't be a, you know, sometimes it's either in the bread basket or it's wild. And you just think that it can't be that way. You can't throw the ball as badly and as inconsistently as that. Other times you look great, but I just think I've had enough with inconsistent quarterbacks. And I think that's what he is. And sometimes just ball placement is all over the shop. And I just think there are better quarterbacks in the market who place the ball far better than Drew Locke does. If you go from Ryan Tannehill and <laughs> the that we have with him, right, and the the sort of, you know, not – not always making the best decisions and not always seeing the field very well. And, you know, some of the timing is always a little bit off or some, just, just all these little off um, little things that are, that are wrong with Ryan Tannehill. If you go from him to Drew Locke, I mean, what are you really doing? You're standing, you're, you're treading in place. Um, You're not, you know, what, what are you doing? It's, it seems as, it seems, it seems as pointless as buying an inflatable dartboard. I mean, it's, it's not, it, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get the idea yeah. of Drew going after Drew Locke. I thought a very smart comparison that I saw made recently for Drew Locke was of um, of a guy that we have experience with in this camp, Bryce Petty. Uh, and, and I think that that is smart. He, you know, he has 
we'll start with a good with Drew Locke. He's he's six foot three, two twenty five. He has really good size, and he looks like an NFL player, and he throws like an NFL player. The velocity coming off of his passes is extremely NFL. It's it's ideal. I mean, I, I you know kind of clocked some of these myself, and uh, as I do, and as I have been doing for many years, um, and he is you know he has an ideal arm. Uh, I don't know if it's quite you know Matt Stafford. But I wouldn't say for sure that it's not either. I mean, he has a very good arm. Um, so, you know, that's that's where you start with. But from there, he doesn't get rid of the ball very quickly uh, at all. He holds on to it too long. He's got dead feet. And and this is something more in his background. This is in, in his background. He's got dead feet. And he doesn't have quite dead feet this year because this is something you can coach. You can coach – guys to stop having dead feet but that doesn't mean that they're going to really absorb the lesson and when things get hard then their feet go dead again and that's what happens with drew lock when things get hard his feet go dead again and um and he's just kind of playing at being active in the pocket he's not really actually manipulating and moving the pocket very well and handling pressure uh very well and then he sees things he sees things late um, this is why so so we talked about the accuracy being or the completion percentage being under 60 I think you guys know from my history and from our arguments with with other guys I, I don't necessarily always hold that against a, a, a player it, it it matters why the completion percentage is lower to me but in his case the completion percentage is lower not necessarily because he's a terribly inaccurate passer or anything but because um, you know he's he, he makes decisions slowly and he doesn't get rid of the ball. He doesn't make good pre-snap decisions. And Men, in mental processing, offense, I think is yeah, an issue exactly. for him. And, I, and in this offense, he should have a much higher percent, mm. a completion percentage in this offense. He should. Uh, I mean, this this offense has been, it's been built for him, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. This is Derek Dooley is coming in. He's, he stayed, but he didn't mm-hmm. go to the draft. He stayed because he wanted to work in Derek Dooley's system. And it's my understanding that he struggled through the summer to pick up this offense. And Alf talks about you know him being surrounded by not particularly good. He's got two really good – Emmanuel Hall is a receiver who will be drafted and is a decent player. He's got one of the best tight ends in the country in Albert. And I can't pronounce his second name because it's very difficult. <laughs> but he goes by the name Albert O. But he is the, probably the second or third best behind Noah Fan and maybe one or two other guys. He might be the second or third best tight end in the nation. You know, um, I, I don't think we can always blame his lack of targets in inverted commas because I don't think that's necessarily the case. I, I do think his mental processing is an issue, and I think that's something that teams have been picking up on. Does that do it for the seniors? Have we ripped them all apart n- enough? Uh, <laughs> enough <yet? laughs> one I don't the, think so. What do you think of Daniel Jones, the kid at Duke, who's just coming back from injury? I've been quite impressed with what I've seen by him. I think he's got he's got a couple of things that you can't teach. One of which is touch. I think he's very accurate. He's got great touch. He's got really good deep ball accuracy. Um, I think he's been a bit slow to come back from the injury. He also, I mean, he's a big guy. He must be what six five, I reckon. Let me have a yeah, look. Yeah, he's, he's a tall. He's a tall yeah, one. He looks very tall. I mean, he's not Dan McGuire tall, but I think he's, I think he's up there. Yeah, he is. He's six foot five. But I think yeah. he's got great feet in the pocket. I mean, a really nice pocket presence can manipulate the pocket well, create time to, to you know that sort of extra second, second and a half that you need. I think you're hitting on it now. Like his, I think his, his pocket uh, work is is what what you're gonna look yeah. at. Like he's coached it, by David Cutcliffe, who was uh, famously you know both both of the Mannings yeah. coach. He developed Peyton and Eli. 
Um, this guy certainly has better wheels than any yeah. Manning has ever had. Yeah, um, he just has some of the traits that you run. can't teach. Yeah. Um, he does uh, – he has – well, he, he has some traits that you can teach and that David Cutlercliffe yeah. has taught into yeah. him. Uh, he's got – I mean, he's, he, he bounces in the pocket. I mean, he's, he's, he's alive back there with his feet, mm. and he's got ideal – uh, footwork that way what I found with him and and this is the big one and I hate I usually hate to to ding guys too much on this but I mean the simple fact of the matter is he doesn't have a very good arm uh, no. he the lack of velocity is an issue yeah yeah he's sort of got a pop gun arm and I just don't know I, you know because when you get in the NFL you're going to have to you're going to be under pressure you're going to have to try and make plays in all these different ways um, and that's where the arm strength really comes comes about is is your ability to hit hit passes uh, anywhere anywhere on the field from all these different you know leverage points and platforms and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, but the one thing I will say is it, it's unusual to see a guy that tall and with his build that doesn't absolutely have, right. It, so with with the levers on him, you wonder if maybe it's something that could continue to to develop and get better over time his arm strength um you never know uh but uh but right now that's the big thing on him that's that's what makes it hard for me to get really excited about him but there's Could, another guy and i know I was you gonna say Go steven montez. oh yeah he wasn't actually the guy i was going to mention steven montez i'm a big fan of i mean yeah. he is the he's the kid at colorado i'm beating colorado uh probably the strength of the pack i mean the pack 10 the pack 12 is terrible this year um I like Montez, and he he has one of the if you don't if you don't follow follow college football, he has one of the elite players in college football. He would be my top five Heisman candidate so far this year in Lavisca Chenault, who is just a stunning yes. wide receiver who can mm -hmm. run. Play some wide I mean, quarterback too. Play some wide. He's six two two twenty. He blocks like I mean he looks like Anthony Munoz as a blocker. He's a phenomenal <laughs> blocker. He's got speed. He's got great hands. He plays wildcat quarterback. He can run the ball. He's got four touchdowns at the weekend, two catching it, one, and two under center at running the ball as a wildcat quarterback. But Montez is, you know, he's a big guy. He's got accuracy. He can throw down the field. He's got a big arm. He's a he's an impressive NFL looking quarterback, isn't he, Chris? He's an interesting, yes. interesting character. Um, and I kind think, of goes, I goes missing because it's almost that. like right up there with Herbert. They, they, yeah. they remind me of one another with Absolutely. the way that they, the way the they move. Is. They, are, they, they're, they both have feet and speed. They both can, uh, can really move back there. The accuracy, uh, the consistency that, um, that Montez is playing with right now is really impressive. And this is not a guy that has no experience either. I mean, he, no, he played this year and, and he played the year before and he's been developing and, just getting better and better and now he's kind of fresh fresh on the scene for um for a lot of these evaluators and and he looks he looks really interesting uh he's I think a, it's right almost now, a week on week improvement as well which is the impressive absolutely thing. exactly exactly um and i think that right now if you're looking ahead to the 2019 draft and and you're kind of throwing away most of the seniors i think there's there may be one or two that we still haven't mentioned um but uh you're looking at the juniors to kind of save the class it's Justin Herbert. I don't know that Dwayne Haskins is actually going to come out um, mm. unless they win the championship this year, which I doubt. You know, Alabama is too unstoppable, in my opinion. Um, but uh, if Dwayne Haskins does not come out, then you're looking at Justin Herbert and maybe Steven Montez. Because I mean, he's 6'5", 235 as well, isn't he? He's got he all has the, the experience. He's not, gonna, you know, he's not going to be staying at school just because he hasn't played enough. 
So if the scouts come back with a good report on him, which I think they might, mm. then you could be looking at Herbert and Montez. Absolutely. Actually, his, his father played in the NFL. His, his dad was an NFL quarterback as well, Alfred Montez. So he's got lineage as well. He's, uh, he is an interesting character. And he kind of goes missing a little bit because oftentimes he's playing late at night on the East Coast, you know, it's yeah. kind of after midnight. And people kind of don't you can't really... even find his videos on YouTube. <laughs> no, exactly. One, the one guy we haven't talked about is the, the guy I'm going to see later on this year uh, against Ohio State, which will be interesting to see the test, which is Brian Lewerke of, um, mm. of Michigan State, who's a, you know, big armed quarterback. I think he can, um, I mean, you talk about, we talk about mental processing and the lack thereof of Drew Locke. Lewerke strikes me as a guy who's a, could be classed as a high-end prospect for the very opposite reason in that he is, has a very good understanding of NFL concepts and route patterns, that kind of field awareness, understanding what's happening pre-snap. Uh, working through his progressions that's what i find interesting about him a good offense too yeah a translatable offense and he's kind of fallen through the cracks a little bit this season because michigan state have had such a terrible year but i'll be intrigued to see him both from the press box level and then when you go to the when you go to college football games you go to the field level in the fourth quarter be interesting to see how he operates on the field level i'll be keen to see how he works there but he's another interesting guy with a live arm i think and in the past i've liked him a little bit more than i do right now um because I, when you look at it, I mean, he, he looks like he can throw the ball, you know, wherever you want to. Um, and, and so he can get it there in that offense. But when you really break it down and, and get down to it, the velocity isn't, isn't near what we're talking about with a lot of other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, with, uh, you know, like, like Herbert or like um, Drew Locke or, uh, or, or some of these guys. And you start to see it, you know, because he does he, – he scrambles a lot in, uh, under pressure, and he does a good job with it. I think he can gain yards uh, scrambling very well. Um, but then you try and see him get the ball, you know, to anywhere from from the scramble and, and really make some plays that way. And you see some limitations. Um, who, I think be that's – Who'd be your number one pick, all three of all three of us? If let's say the draft was tomorrow, who would you say would be the number one overall pick? Uh, Is it obvious oh, for, for Nick Bosa? Be the number one overall pick, or yeah. who would I like? Well, a bit of both. So I think the number one overall tick, uh, pick. Um, are we going non-quarterback here? Because Ed Oliver just seems like such the. Oh, he's so good. Right. So I mean, good. that's 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 that's. It. But if we have to go, because we're talking about quarterbacks right now. Um, I think that Justin Herbert has a better chance of going the the top spot than yeah. Dwayne Haskins if um, if he comes I could, out. Right I could now. see the Gi- I could see the Giants taking Justin Herbert yeah. first overall because Dwayne is still greener is mm. a lot greener than uh, than Herbert. Well, he started what six games or something? Learning things. Yeah, yeah. So Alf? he's still learning a lot of things, and I think that um, I think that he's coming along. Alf, who you got? Uh, number on overall. I think uh, a quarterback finds its way there, and it'll be Herbert. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think it'll probably be Herbert too, but interesting to see. Uh, if you had money, that's who, gentle, ladies and gentlemen, that's who we'd be putting it on. Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.